0: What's up everybody, it's your man Danelle, aka Small Guy Promotions, aka Omaha Fatty, hashtag Omaha Fatty, coming to you with another podcast episode of What's Up Omaha, and I've got another wonderful guest with us today, uh, Mike Chapman, how are you doing today sir? I'm
1: doing fine, how
0: are you? I'm doing well, doing really well, um, wanted to make sure to get you on, we talked about it last year, and finally right. making it happen, All Right. talking about tax all things tax as we're getting ready to enter into tax season so it's coming yes it's right it's right there it's right there so don't wait until the last minute to do your taxes Um, Mike has been doing our taxes we were just talking about it for ten years at least at least least, probably a little more than ten years Uh, we've been with them uh, through a couple of different uh, companies right Uh, right now Mm -hmm. you're with RG
1: RG and Associates yeah so I came over to RG a little over four years ago um been working as a CPA for about 15 years our uh, gene associates really we're fairly new we've only been around since 2012 yep uh, Trisha Riggins is the founding partner she managed the tax practice at another firm in town and just wanted something uh, she felt like she wanted to be feel like she didn't hate going to work
0: every day yeah, I know that. Uh,
1: she had been she had been through uh, a couple of bouts of cancer, mm-hmm. and had come back, wanted a better work life balance, and it's been a great move for me. Um, we've got 15 employees now. We've been growing. It's been a, a good natural growth. Yeah. Um, what I love about it is because of Trisha's leadership, we have a really great work life balance. We really want people to feel like their families are included, and that our our workplace is a family
0: right so we do a
1: lot of stuff together people always ask well what do you you know what do you do in your free time well a lot of times we just spend it with each other we've kind of tried to cultivate a real family environment so that we will want to hang out with each other outside of work
0: too that's a good thing about small businesses where like you don't necessarily you know me being someone who works for a corporation that's not something that i mean some people there are opportunities out there for people to spark those type of relationships but it's not everyone is like that but when you're you really have to depend on each other when you're in a small business like that
1: right yeah and as a partner group we've we've met and actually talked specifically to that because we don't want to lose this culture that everybody loves because mm-hmm. uh, we talk to our employees every year and say what is it that you like about rj and they always say it's a family we love coming to work we uh we don't have any there's a lot of in the world of accounting and in cpas there's a lot of uh, uh, bite. There's a lot of kind of the old school. We would like to tell each other what what all we do wrong. Right, right, right. You know, when you're training somebody, there's always a list of things they can improve on. Yeah. And we we never want to do that. We want to ha- have encouragement and try to foster the kind of environment where people aren't afraid. To, okay, here's maybe where we can help you get better instead of these are the ten things you did wrong.
0: Right. Yeah. And I I remember a stat from back when I used to be in management. Uh, Maybe it's changed by now, but there used to be a thing where they would say, for every negative, uh, it takes eight positive reinforcements to negate that 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 negative. So, I mean, you're thinking a list of ten negatives. That's eighty different things that you have to do just to you know counterbalance that.
1: Yeah, we had read as a partner group. We kind of do our annual kind of management meetings every summer and forecasting. And The stat that we saw is you have to tell somebody seven times before they'll get the hang of it. Yep No matter what it is, even if it's even if it's remembering to clock in in the morning, right? You got to tell somebody seven
0: times before it becomes a habit. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Oh man, so let's get into You know being an accountant a CPA How did you fall into that line of work like, did you, did you know when you were going through college that that was something that you wanted to do? Like, was that an aspiration? You know, it's a
1: funny story. Music has always been such a big part of my life. Uh, I was in bands and orchestra, vocal music in high school. Which I still
0: haven't come out to see you play yet. Right. right? That, we need to make that happen. <laughs> I'm still in
1: a local uh, cover band here in Omaha, Minor Detail. Uh, so I throw that little pub in, uh, but it was always such a big part of my life. And really the one that fostered that in me was my mom. And so I was always very close with her. Uh, she unfortunately passed away when I was 19. Yeah. Uh, but before she did, I remember telling her I wanted to go into music. I wanted to be a music major. And so when she kind of like, well, you know, you can always do music. She was really the one that pushed me. And she's like, you're always good at math go do, do something where you can use math and music you can always do. Yeah. Um, so I kind of went went into the business college and honestly I didn't even pick a major the first 2 years. Really? I just I was in the marching band at the university having a blast doing all my general education classes and finally i remember i got a call from a counselor it's like hey you got to pick a major (laughs) like now you only got a week or so before you got to pick a major right and i remember i had taken an intermediate accounting class and it was the sort of class where you either failed it or you aced it right and it was very hard and the teacher even said if you don't like accounting Or if accounting isn't something you want to do, you probably should not take this class. It was (laughs) accounting 313. I still remember it. And it was a very hard class. But I aced it. I loved it. And I remember at the time thinking, well, if I do the accounting route, I can always, if it doesn't work out, all the prerequisites were in that degree that I could always go to marketing or just a business admin degree or or something to that effect. So that really was the reason why I picked accounting at the time. And then going through college, especially in the bigger schools like Nebraska or any Big Ten school, they really gear you to go towards one of the big accounting firms, the Deloitte's, mm-hmm. the uh, Ernst & Young's. And so I, I think a lot of what I learned there, I didn't really learn for more of when I started at a small accounting firm in Omaha. Right. A lot of the payroll reports, I had no idea what a payroll report was. Yeah. We had learned about earnings per share ratios and <laughs> all these really big extravagant Fortune 500 company things. Right. And so there was quite an adjustment. I remember once I got my first real public accounting job, I was like, well, we never learned this in school. We learned, you know, you still had the basic debits and credits that yeah. you always talk about. Uh, but that was really kind of how I got into the degree. And then I just really enjoyed it. Uh, initially out of school I went into private accounting so you have private accounting where you work for a business and then public accounting where you're kind of um, you're working on behalf of clients or right. other businesses, right. and that's where you can get your CPA degree and so first I went into private accounting and it you, you do the same thing every day it's it felt like office space right. I woke up, I would do the same, I would sort the same spreadsheets, two or three spreadsheets every day, send them to my boss, and then try to look busy for the last two hours of the day. Yeah. Uh, And so the thing I love about private accounting is every job is different, because every client, you tailor it to what they want, what their needs are. Right. It's it's almost like a puzzle, like a crossword puzzle, or a Sudoku, where every client, especially when you're doing year-end planning throughout the course of the year you're trying to tailor what they're doing to their specific goals, their specific needs. Right, and it changes. And it changes every year, and every client is different, every job is different. Uh, When people ask, what do you do every day? I can't really say because I don't have a typical day. Right, and And
0: that that probably keeps it fresh.
1: It does, I love it, because going, when I would go to work and do the same three tasks for six hours and then try to look busy for two hours, (laughs) I. I remember like I could literally fall asleep at my desk yeah. and still do my job somehow. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been it in... really it keeps you it keeps you on your toes, it keeps you invigorated. And there's always the next there's always the next hurdle to climb. Right, right. So you can never really especially during busy season, you might get a really big return that you've worked weeks on out the door but then there's four or five others that are coming in the door that you got to start on. So there's really no downtime to to celebrate.
0: Well, see, and that's the thing too. So, uh, you know, we often talk about tax season, but for you, tax season is the whole year. Right. I mean, (laughs) mean, that's just what it is. That's what you do every day. So, what What is your busier season, though, when you do start to see the volume spike a little bit uh, because of the taxes?
1: Really, our biggest busy times are the month of December for year in planning mm-hmm. is really busier than January in a lot of ways. January is kind of more just gearing up. We're getting our organizers out to all of our individuals. We're getting W-2s and things ready to be printed out. Uh, December is when the rubber really hits the road because we have people that they've got their books done, maybe through October, November. They want to know, do I need to buy a piece of equipment? Can I yeah. buy a car? Should I make these extra profit sharing contributions?
0: And they're preparing for the next year and, as well, too. So. Right. Because once you
1: hit January, really what we do, it's kind of, we're just putting all the numbers into in our computers at that point. Mm-hmm. So... December is where we really make our money, per se. Right. And that's where the big decisions come. And the tough thing about December is you got the holidays. Yeah. you got all... December always ends up being a very busy month. So really, these first two weeks of January is where I really kind of catch my breath. Right. try Try to take it easy and then gear up these last two. And then it's funny how this works every year. The Monday after the Super Bowl
0: is the craziest day of the year. As every, a lot of people <laughs> t- took it off, probably, so then they, right. they have extra time. to.
1: You get more phone calls, more drop-offs, more uh, people with questions on that Monday, typically, than any other day of the year. And I don't know if people watching the Super Bowl. Um, I see a TurboTax commercial. I need to get, um, speaking yeah, of what, I need to get my taxes done.
0: <laughs> That's funny, yeah. I, I just posted yesterday, uh, this is the first year that I remembered, or even thought about, putting in a request to get the day after the Super Bowl off. <laughs> and it got approved, and I was like, yes. So, yeah, I, so I'm not So you're gonna be doing your taxes like uh, Maybe, funny. Mitzi actually started uh, doing stuff uh, this past week. I don't know if she contacted you at all, uh, but yeah, she was sitting down on Wednesday uh, for some hours doing tax stuff, getting right. ready, so. For me it shouldn't be too hard uh, and as he was talking about earlier ladies and gentlemen uh, it, it's different for each client when we came to mike only my wife had her own business right. i was still mm-hmm. just employed full-time but since that time i've started you know with my own side business hopefully this right. year we'll get the second side business with omaha fatty mm-hmm. uh, llc and get that rolling because we've had some money come in but we haven't been able to do anything with it because we're not official yet and we don't have the the contract completed for the llc
1: right uh
0: and we we haven't been able to open a bank account so we've got money sitting in an account from having uh clients but it's just sitting there so you know mm-hmm. we got to get that done and hopefully in the next couple of months that'll be taken care of so we can be ready for 2020 but things change all the time they do so yeah. you know and then of course you got the IRS. Not not only the personal changes, but the tax changes that the IRS implement every year. Right. Like I know, and you were talking about December being busy. Do you get a lot of like retirement account questions for contributions Absolutely. and RMDs? And yeah, for those who don't know, an RMD is a required minimum distribution. For uh, people who are well, this year is changing now. It's changing to, to 72. seventy-two. Yeah, uh, and I only know that because of my full-time job. We get a lot of tax questions, and it's right. like we always say, "Hey, you need to talk to a tax professional. We can give you." <laughs> we there's a certain level of inf- information that we can provide. That's general information, but mm-hmm. overall, you should probably talk to your tax professional before right. contacting us. And sometimes
1: that's hard because that stuff, like the 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 law that came down. Or the uh, <clears throat> regulations that kind of came down were so right last forward, minute, veering up right last minute December. Yep. And actually got an an email. I get an email from I'm on a few newsletters through the IRS and the Journal of Accountancy, which is through the AICPA. Mm-hmm. And that um, that act had come up and said these are the changes that are coming, and it kind of took me by surprise. Like I didn't even know that they this was yeah. on the yeah. table. But a lot of times it's funny with Congress is they they'll get a bill ready, they'll table it. And then they'll do all the other stuff that they do, which I'm not going to comment on. Yeah, anything. yeah. <laughs> and then at the last minute they go, oh, we were we meant to pass this tax bill. Yeah. And let's do this before we leave for Christmas. And you see that more than in the 15 years I've been a CPA, you see that more than not. And a lot of times um, it affects throughout the whole year. So we'll wait until December to see... Uh, if certain write-offs are even available because they extend all these different laws Mm -hmm. uh, almost on just a yearly basis and it's very frustrating especially when you're trying to plan which is what we try to do a lot of well yeah and
0: my thought was well what about the 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 lady or or man that likes to prepare ahead of time and already took that rmd Like so they kind of just got screwed on the deal because they already took it and they didn't have to but I mean I I don't know what percentage I had a story
1: when they passed I don't know if you remember the first time homebuyer credit yep there was two of them yeah there was the $7,500 one that you you really it was a loan you paid it back $500 a year oh so I didn't I wasn't aware of that one then you had the second one which was an $8,000 just pure gift from the government yeah and I had a client that bought a house and hurried up and closed it, and then later found out that the government passed the $8,000 one, which you didn't have to pay back. Oh, man. (laughs) So had they only waited a matter of weeks, they would have gotten the much, it's $500 more, and you didn't have to pay it back.
0: Oh, good old. stuff like that
1: happens all the time.
0: Good old government IRS, like you say, that's a long story. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) We could do a whole hour on just the yeah. fun that you have with the interplay with the Internal Revenue Service. Yeah. And a lot of it isn't really their fault. You know, they are way underfunded. Yeah, um, And a lot of that stems... I'm not going to get political, but I'm just going to tell you what happened. A lot of it stems from... If you remember when uh, Obama first became president, there was uh, some issues with some nonprofits that were not getting their exemptions as quickly as, as they would like to have and they were perceived to be conservative nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And so the Republican Congress, when they came in a year later, just really slashed the funding to the Internal Revenue Service. On top of all that, we had a government shutdown uh, last year. And uh, the the correspondence from them has been really slow the last six months. And when I asked one of the agents about it, they said, well, we had a government shutdown. We're running about eight months behind. Oh, it's so
0: crazy. So if you (laughs) have
1: anything that you, heard haven't heard from the IRS yet they're probably still processing. oh
0: man yeah and, and it's so crazy that that can happen and you see all that stuff on the news and whatnot and in the industry that I'm in for work you know it, it when it's taking into account all that information and the market going up and down it, so many people start making or taking action off of the things that they are seeing so I mean that Got can it. contribute to the busy season or you know uh, do you get a lot of people I know I know that we see this. Do you get a lot of people who wait until the very last minute? Absolutely. Oh man, and it's and it's the same people every, every year. year. Yeah. You're like you didn't learn last year, like, hey, mm-hmm. you should probably get on that. And then my thought is always, okay, if you wanna wait, that's one thing, but you gotta leave enough time just in case an unforeseen circumstance happens. Mm-hmm you got to leave time for that because you might not get it in and I don't know how hard it is to get an extension
1: it's you know getting an extension is very easy but a couple things on that it's the same people every year Mm -hmm. I can name the 10 people that I'll be waiting on on April 15th yeah or September 15th October 15th Um, businesses are due March 15th most small businesses Mm -hmm. to get an extension really it's nothing more than us submitting an electronically filed extension. It's very easy to do. Okay. And a lot of times we extend businesses, uh, almost all of them, on March 1st, just because that way we know for certain, even if they come in and we get them done on time, we don't take a risk of having some kind of unforeseen, excuse me, penalty. Right. Um, So we just extend them. There's nothing to it. It's not a detriment one way or the other. Makes it very easy. On the individual side those are due April 15th and the same six-month extension is available there Yep. Uh, we again a lot of times if they're not filed by April 1st we extend almost all of our clients more, more is a way just to cover to make sure that um, there's nothing at the last minute that tries to get done and gets rejected right uh, we've had it before where two years ago in fact the IRS e-file system shut down on April 15th. And they actually (laughs) extended the deadline to file to April 16th because of it. So we didn't have to really worry about it because anybody that we had that hadn't filed, we had extended. Uh, But one of the things people need to remember is you get an extension of time to file, but you never get an extension of time to pay. Right. So your tax is still all due on April 15th. So even if you don't have what you need to file you still need to pay what you think your balance will be or if you do it before october 15th you'll add interest and penalties to right from april 15th to that date
0: and it, is that penalty is that going to be 10 percent or is it going to be based no,
1: not necessarily the interest the underpayment interest and underpayment penalty is based on the mod whatever the interest rates are at okay the time. Okay. And the IRS adjusts those, they'll, they'll send an email out on a monthly basis where they'll say this is our, these are the, the applicable rates that we're enforcing. Okay. Uh, the late filing penalty, that's the big one because that's a percentage of your balance due per month that you're late.
0: Oh, and it's per month. Yeah, that's a big and thing it, to know. And it caps at
1: roughly 10%. So, you can, that's really the big kicker, that's why we do the extensions because they're so easy it's just a computer it's nothing you have to mail it's just a computer we check a box e file it very simple Uh, and it gets you out of the biggest penalty right so a lot of times if we get close to the filing deadline I'll tell clients we need to at least file something Mm -hmm. and then we can always go back and amend because you do not want the late filing penalty which is the biggest and the meanest of all of them now that being said if, if you're due a refund
0: you don't really ever have to file. And oh. the government
1: would love it if you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that
0: works for them. But when you owe them, like that's <laughs> right. the last thing you want to that's do is the owe them money. That's the last thing like, you want to do. So, do, I guess... You would still only get what you were due. You wouldn't get any interest because you didn't file yet. That's on you, right? That's not right. on the IRS, so no. you would still only get that same amount. So, right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, on the opposite end, if you're late, you know, they're tacking on that interest, so that's why you want to make sure to get that taken care of.
1: Now, there are yeah. times where they will pay interest back to you if they, may, if they made a mistake. On their end, yeah. Or if you, over, if you had a severe overpayment and you amend the return to reflect that, they will pay interest back in certain times, but...
0: No. Are there options to just carry that forward to the ne- next year? If yes. you don't
1: yeah, you can apply that to the next year. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Um, as we were talking about some of the people who wait until the last minute, um, what are some things or tips that you would have for people like that to prepare, you know, maybe even before the end of the year, before you get even into that new year? Like, what can people do to make sure that they are on time and ready to go?
1: I think for businesses, it's just a matter of keeping the books up. A lot of people use like a QuickBooks or Excel, or you know they track their bank statements. Just keeping on a quarterly basis. If you just set yourself a reminder and say, mm-hmm. "I'm not." And listen, CPAs, we always like to talk like teachers' kids. Yeah. Because our returns and our reports always are the last ones done. My, right. I've filed my tax return on October 15th each of the last four years. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the last thing I want to work on. Right. After I've worked on those for.
0: Yeah, many hours out of the day,
1: but if you just set something on a calendar and you do it, so that you're not trying to, a lot of small businesses, especially, they, I hear the same thing every year. This is the year I'm gonna track all my receipts. This is the year I'm gonna keep my cookbooks up to date. Right. And then they go to bring their books in, and I, I reach out to them usually about this time of year, and it's well, I I didn't keep my books up. I'm gonna have to go download all 12 months and try to try to basically do a whole year's worth of bookkeeping
0: in a week. Yeah. And I fall into that category. I am a procrastinator, (laughs) but I don't wait until the last minute though. It might be in February or March, but I make sure to get that work done because one thing too, you also have to pay your sales and uh, use tax as well. Right,
1: You have other reports other than income taxes, sales tax, use tax with the state of Nebraska,
0: which by the way, when you hear this, you should probably already have that paid or be ready to pay it because it was January twentieth. January twentieth. You yep, got a few yep. days left. Yep, so yeah, I,
1: especially if you're filing on an annual basis. Yep. Um you have until the 20th of the next month whenever it's due.
0: And if you're late on that, I think it's 25 bucks. Yeah, it's yep. initially
1: 25 bucks and a percentage of the balance due. So
0: I had that happen one time because I I it was of course my fault. I I don't know if I just forgot or what happened. I can't remember. And I said never again, and I have not <laughs> let that happen again. I'm I'm always ready, and, and I do. The way it works for me usually is I'll start off the new year with my spreadsheet, mm-hmm. and I'll start filling stuff out in all the different categories, real and it's usually about March. Yep. I'm like, oh, I'll just do it at the end of the year, and, and yes, I got to get better at that too. It's,
1: but that's an overwhelming majority of people are right into that. Yeah, but there's, you know, the thing of it is, is I and I usually send out kind of a mass letter, mass email to all my clients and just kind of outlay my schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've started doing this the last few years, just more for my sanity than right. anything. And that is, if if I don't get it by April first, you're getting extended, and we'll work on it in the summer. Yeah, because it's really not fair to try to. It's Unless you have a people, really yeah. good reason, and sometimes you might say, "I got a mortgage; I have to get it done." Okay, we'll we'll try to make it work. But I've been working seventy to eighty hours a week now for four months. Once right. we get into April, and I'm not, you know, I have to be honest. You know, we we're probably not working at the best capacity at that point. So you're yep. getting the poorest service at the the worst biggest, yeah, yeah. The worst time of the year. <clears throat> Uh, so we need to be cognizant of that. We can't push ourselves too much, especially when you can extend and have six Right. Yeah. What's the
0: point at that at at that time? There is no point. Right.
1: So. so that's what I've been really pushing my clients is if I don't get individuals by April first, you're you're extended, and we'll work on it in May, June, July. Right. When we have a bunch more free time, um, and for businesses, I say March first, and for businesses, they're really especially small businesses that file as corporations or partnerships, doing the extension is so easy because there's no balance due with Mm -hmm. the return. So there's no, you don't have to, you know, with individuals, a lot of people still want to get out of those penalties and I don't blame them. So you still are, you're still kind of figuring the return, even if you're not doing it. Yeah. Uh, But with businesses, there's really no reason if you don't have the stuff then file the extension and take care of it at a later time.
0: Well, and, you know, as we talked about before we we started recording, uh, one of the things that I really like and Mitzi really likes that you do is you guys send out a packet, like for us to, you know, you have it all right there, and we just need to fill out fill in the blanks.
1: Right on our individual clients, our software has a really good organizer. It's very um, in depth. Asks a lot of questions mm-hmm. and. and it does a great job of, like you were saying, if you take money out of retirement accounts, or if you made the requirement in dis- minimum distribution, um, it lists all your dependents out, so we can see if you had more dependents. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like every year we get to file the people that somebody has not done the packet.
0: Right.
1: We do their return. This happens at least once a year to some to somebody in our office. They come to pick their return up. Where's my new child? Where's my new baby? <laughs> well, you never told us you had a new yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> so if you work with somebody that does the organizers, fill those out and fill them out yeah. completely because it'll it'll really help the, the tax preparer give you the best case for you.
0: Well, I feel like yeah, it helps all parties involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. there's no reason to not do that. I right. Mean, mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't, especially if you're already organized. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard for you to do. Right. So, I mean...
1: And it lays out... Our organizer lays out real nicely. It has the prior year information there. So, mm-hmm. oh, I worked at TD Ameritrade last year. Oh, I still work there. Here's yeah. where I can put that number. You know? I have Yeah, this it's company. really
0: nice. And, and one of the things that we do is we'll go through... Like, mitzi will go through, and then she'll say, I don't... Because I got to get her to where she knows about the investments and mm-hmm. stuff. Because she's like, I don't know about that. Like, you do that part but we'll go through with the pencil and she'll star anything that she didn't complete that I need to go over and you know fill out and look Mm -hmm. through uh we actually so this year I actually did sell some stock so we'll, we'll get our 1099 uh for that and uh you know I she set it up so she contributes every month to her Roth account and things like that so uh those are usually things that I'll address on there. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's really simple. It's, it's, it doesn't take too long either. I mean, you think 45 minutes, maybe an hour or so and you're good to go.
1: Right. And you're going to spend that time anyway. Yeah. Uh, If, if, if you come to the office or by, if you just drop off your documents, your W2s and things, I'm going to be asking you all those questions anyway. Right. A lot of them that are in the packet. Uh, and we do, um, we make all of our individual clients sign an engagement letter now, which basically says, "I read the packet, and <laughs> there's yeah. nothing in here that I'm telling you or that I've left out." <laughs> yeah, uh, just because for our sanity, our peace of mind, that we want to make sure we catch everything. Right. It's, it's you can always amend returns. It's not always the smartest idea. The big thing about amending the return, so you you have the statute of limitations. Is three years from the due date or when you file whichever is later so if okay. you file before April 15 the IRS has three years from April 15 to basically view your return and, and find things that are wrong with it okay. unless they can prove intentional fraud uh, so when you amend a return it restarts that that time frame so uh-huh. if yeah. you wait three years you find a mistake um, you amend that return that leaves that return open again for three more years which may or may not be smart depending on whatever file so people always think that we have a big party on April 15th yeah like no that's because, not that's because, not the end cuz tax season's over with, Yeah, right uh we don't have a party on April 15th because tax season's over we have a party on April 15th because all those returns from 3 years ago that yeah. were filed are now the IRS can no longer look at them. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: See, and that's something that, you know, being on the client side, you, you don't even think about. You think your part is done, so all you need to do is either pay or wait for your check to come or, you right. know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of times that's, you know, still when a lot of work it needs to be done.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you about since we were talking about small businesses um, Do you have any, like, tips for, like, a first-time small business owner who's filing for the, you know, for their business and they haven't done it before? Or maybe they're thinking about starting a business this year? Sure.
1: I would, if I were a small if I were just getting started out, what I would tell you is to find a banker, an attorney, a CPA, and a financial advisor that you trust, Mm -hmm. all four. And i would try to do that there's a lot of one-stop shops kind of popping up around town right uh, there's a lot of cpa firms that are getting into the investment advisory business to me that's a conflict of interest mm-hmm. i would want ind- an independent financial advisor independent cpa banker um, and an attorney that know that are able to work together and give you input on all sides okay so that's really the first step that i would do then Getting getting a, an LLC or some kind of entity set up nine times out of ten that's what you're going to want to do especially if you're going into business and you know this is what you're going to do right uh, if you if you don't know if you if you're kind of setting off you're like well I'm trying a few things out you might wait until you know for sure all right this is what I want to do. Set up an LLC. It has so many great implications, just from the liability standpoint, liability protection. It separates your personal assets from those that are in the business. Yep. So, somebody, if you're a landscaper and you you, you do something to somebody's house, they sue you. They can't get to your personal assets because you have that LLC set up. As long as you're maintaining it as a separate company. Right. With the banker, they're gonna want that LLC and the, the identification number for it to set up the account. Mm-hmm. So you want a bank that you know and trust. Uh, and then as far as your financial advisor and CPA, what the CPAs, what our job really is to do is kind of walk you through, there's different ways to structure from a tax standpoint mm-hmm. uh, a small business. Uh, the ones that are kind of in vogue right now are S corporations, C corporations, and partnerships. Mm-hmm. We use the term LLC, but really an LLC has no tax meaning. Right. An LLC is a legal entity, it's a legal formed corporation, limited liability corporation. Right. The reason I love the LLC so much is it's very flexible. There's certain legal entities that can only be taxed a certain way. A corporation can only be taxed as a corporation, big corporation like Microsoft, right, or small S corporation, small business corporation. Partnership can only be taxed as a partnership. Right. An LLC can be taxed as any any of them: S corp, partnership, C corporation. Um, so it's very flexible with that. Now, there's defaults. So when you set up a corporation, it defaults to C corporation. When you set up an LLC, it defaults to partnership. Gotcha. So CPAs and attorneys, we use those default words almost interchangeably, mm-hmm. and I think that's what leads to a lot of confusion. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, When you set up the LLC, it defaults to a partnership. What's nice about that, say you're starting a small business, um, you form the LLC, you own it 100%. You are what's called a disregarded entity. A disregarded entity means that from the standpoint of the IRS, you don't need to file a separate return from your own return. So from my standpoint, you continue on as a sole proprietor. There's no additional income tax return that you have to pay me for and you can grow your business right at what point it becomes practical or tax smart to have you taxed to something else it's just a form that you fill out and fax to the irs and from that point on you're an s corporation right uh, or your c corporation if you want to do that normally 99 times out of 10, out of 100 it's you want to be an s corporation
0: well and i i think that that's great because we've had that conversation And, uh, you know, me being a small business owner and never intending for that to be the path that I was going to take and just kind of falling into it. I didn't know. So I had to ask. And that's what's great about you. Like I can call you or I can send you an email and ask you and then you are always available to respond back whenever you can and and, and tell me what my best options are. So I, I think that's a big thing as well. If you don't know and you have questions, just ask the question. Don't just go and do it. And not know what you're doing right Right. right. <laughs> so uh, that's another thing about being prepared uh, last question I wanted to ask is just about people doing their own taxes do you get instances where people are trying to do their own taxes and maybe they mess up and then they come to you afterwards and can you fix this usually get a
1: couple you get a couple of those a year now I will say with the new tax law the the standard deduction is basically doubled from where it had been in prior years. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot fewer people that need to use their home mortgage interest and charitable contributions and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we've seen a lot fewer individual clients. A lot of our individual clients have thought, "Well, you know, we can probably do this on our own now that we don't have to track all the right. home mortgage interest, all the normal Schedule A things mm-hmm. that we were doing for them." Um, which is good from the standpoint of it's really sim- it's simplified a lot of the individual filings. Yeah. And I've always said, if you're if you're an individual with both spouses have a W-2, maybe you have some bank interest, a small investment, and in a home. Mm-hmm. If you get TurboTax and you just take the time to answer all the questions, right, you're probably going to be okay, right? And that's probably more the case than it has ever been since I've been filing, right? Um, just because of so many people using the bigger standard deduction, um, but there are cases. I had one a couple of years ago, actually two years ago, where they brought in, they actually sent me the link to their TurboTax, online TurboTax,
0: uh-huh.
1: they said something just isn't right. They couldn't believe that they owed this money, and so I signed in, and they were not claiming their three kids. Oh. I don't know why, <laughs> why it wasn't working out, but they were not claiming their three kids, which that's, that's $6,000. Right. <laughs> To the bottom line. So it made a huge difference. Um, So I get cases like that before where where it might not be financially doable for them to hire me on as their CPA. Because a lot of what I do, and I guess maybe what I would say to that, is I'm a service. I'm not a product. Right. And for so many individual-only returns, they view it as a product. I need to get my 1040. I need to get my tax forms completed. Right and that's good that's fine but what my value become comes more as is on the service side where the tax return is just the at the end of the day that's what kind of comes from all the planning and advice that we've been giving throughout the entire year right so the phone calls about should i be an s corp should i not be an s corp going through all the implications of why you do one versus another Um, And for a lot of individual-only clients, they don't need that type of service where it becomes more of a product. Largely, I'm going to probably be too expensive if it's it's just a product. And they're only
0: touching it that one time a year. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, So for me, one thing that I I really like about it is just having that... uh, You feel secure that sense of security when I come to you and I know that you guys are professionals, I'm not a professional. Mm -hmm. I feel a lot more comfortable knowing that you guys have looked at it and, and, you know, filed it for us. If I were an individual and didn't have a business, like you said, it'd be different. But having a business and my wife having a business and I didn't even understand why we needed a CPA when we first got married, when she had her own business. I was like, I don't get this. I just always just used to do any, uh, any file or e-file, whatever it was. <laughs> Free file. Yeah. I'm like, so wait, now we have to pay to get these done. What is this? But now having a business of my own for going into seven years, like it's so worth it. It's so worth it. And you pay one time a year <laughs> for the whole year. And you know, so I, I do uh, just feel that sense of security when coming to you guys. And, and that, that's why I, I love coming to you and we will, continue to come to you guys have a professional do it so hey,
1: thanks I appreciate that and I know for me I think about it like if I was going to build if I was going to build a deck or something on my house I would trust somebody that actually does it every day yeah <laughs> a lot better than me who's not particularly handy
0: yeah and you guys see about. stuff that we won't <laughs> know about I mean right. you guys know about those additional benefits and you know things that can be claimed things that can't be or shouldn't be claimed so mm-hmm. that's what I really like about it and you know sometimes when you write the check you're like Ugh, but you got like, when you think about it it's for a whole year of service mm-hmm. and right. you break that down to monthly it's not really that expensive right so you, and,
1: know. you know the CPA if you think about most private companies have a CFO or somebody mm-hmm. in charge of their finances their tax planning their financial planning and they're making well over a six-figure salary. Yep. And the CPA is the CFO of your business. Right. On a on a part-time, very part-time
0: basis. Yep.
1: Yep. And that's really how I like to do it.
0: Like. Yep. And that's what it is. So I know you got to go. Uh, any last thoughts or anything that you wanted to make sure to tell people who might be listening to this?
1: Sure. Um, don't wait till the last minute to file. Be, be kind to your CPA. Yes. Or to your tax filer. Tax yes. preparer. Uh, and the other thing is if you do go out on your own, make sure you speak to those four people. When, if you go out and you form your own small business, make sure you sit down and meet with lawyer, a financial advisor, a CPA, and a banker before you get started. There's so many things that you need up front. Right. And if it's six months, eight months, sometimes 12, 20 months into it, there's a lot of things that you can miss out. Miss out on that you otherwise would have been able to get if you had just taken care of those things at the beginning.
0: Right. Yeah. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to give him w- one chance, real quick, to tell him where you can find him in case you need his services, not his product, his services. All <laughs> uh, right, where can man. people get a hold of you if they uh, need to get there? I am at
1: RG and Associates. You can go to rgomaha.com. Um, you can call us at 402 614 4315. And my email is mchapman, M-C-H-A-P-M-A-N, at rgomaha.com.
0: And I'll make sure to put all of that in the description of this podcast, so make sure you check for that as well. And that's what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in. And this, again, has been another podcast episode of What's Up, Omaha? And remember to smile, help someone else smile, laugh, and help someone else laugh all day, every day. And don't forget to share the podcast. Thank you.